0: There are three common forms of hair loss in women. No matter what type you have, they aren't something you should have to suffer with. Hair Active from Primrose Leaf helps slow down hair loss and provides your hair and your scalp with proper nutrition. Join the thousands of people who are back to combing and brushing their hair again. Hair Active strengthens hair, improves texture, and increases fullness. Call Primrose Leaf today, 844-376-0007. That's 844-376-0007. Or visit us at primroseleaf.com. Our guest today is filmmaker and director Matthew Bauer. Born and raised in Australia on a diet of James Bond films, elaborate thrillers, and Errol Morris documentaries, his interest in film grew in high school where he made a run of several short films, including Surveillance, his take on Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, and the mockumentary Fakes. But today, he is here to talk about his new film, The Other Fellow, which is his feature documentary debut. And in a world of eight billion people, there are those who are named after famous people. And in this case, what's it like to grow up with the name of the most famous secret agent in film, James Bond. Let's welcome film director of The Other Fellow, Matthew Bauer, to the show. Welcome Welcome, Matthew.
1: Thank you, it's great to be here. Thank you very much, Dr. Bond. You are the first Bond who has actually interviewed us for this film, so it's great. And I'm glad to see you have dressed the part. Well. I dressed the
0: part for a reason and, and it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, I I really related to this film directly of the other fellow. One, because my last name is Bond, but I grew up my whole life, and even till this day, if I go out somewhere and somebody sees my last name, they always say, oh man, that's cool. Your first name wouldn't have to be James, would it? So I hear that all the time, yep. but then when people who understand film or people who have watched television from back in the 50s and 60s, and they understand that my first name is Ward, Ward Bond, then they understand of the actor who starred in all of the John Wayne movies, It's a Wonderful Life, and the list just goes on and on. But I don't mind it at all.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I'm sure sure you've got a lot. And that's the thing is, you know, for all the guys now film a James Bond, but actually they're wives and children who aren't James Bond and their brothers and that kind of thing, they still get it about maybe 10, 20%. Yeah. You know, as much, and you know, there is actually one character in our film who I won't spoil who it is, but who changes actually his name from James Bond to something else and his reasoning, or at least what he said was he didn't want his daughter to, to get teased at school, even just for having, he didn't want her to like be called like a Bond girl and that kind of thing. Now I think he was somewhat using, her as an excuse for him to finally change his name to something else. But it it was his reasoning. And yeah, even for just anyone called Bond out there, they they do get a a flavor of this, as I'm sure you have.
0: Well, yeah. And and what's even interesting is that uh, my wife wanted to give our son the name James because her grandfather was named James, but not a Bond. And I went, no because I didn't want him growing up having to deal with what a lot of these people in your film deal with every single day. So where did you get the idea for making The Other Fellow?
1: So I was in the early days of Facebook, I was actually a part of a Facebook group for people who had my name. And so, you know, it's the kind of thing you could do on Facebook. It was all the Matthew Bowers on Facebook had this little group. And we would talk about those innocuous things, which is, you know, when you try and sign up for wardbond at gmail.com and it's already taken, you go, oh, there must be another ward bond out there somewhere. Or sometimes you get an email, you know, to to a ward bond that's not for you. And you're like, "That, that person must have got the wrong email address. And so we would talk about those kind of things. You know, who's got Matt Bauer at Gmail? Who's got Matthew Bauer at Gmail? Who's got the Matt Bauer Instagram handle? That kind of thing. And I don't know exactly the moment it came, but somewhere in there, I went, huh, what if James Bond, Um, because I'm a big Bond fan. And obviously, it was quite quick to type James Bond in on Facebook uh, and LinkedIn and social media and that kind of thing. And quite quickly, I had just sent just a spam message saying, hey, I'm thinking of making a film about this. Have you got any stories to tell? And I was expecting all of the Aston Martin and Shake and Not Stir jokes, which which they did mention. They also often mention it's very good for relations with the opposite or same sex when you can introduce yourself to James Bond. But quite quickly, they were also coming back with a lot of the stories you see in the film, which was about missing Nazi fathers and and being on the run from the police and dealing with the police. And then actually, uh, you know, a story that was actually more about uh, stalking uh as well and quite quickly those stories were going a lot deeper than i expected and back to the original kind of thing about that online identity thing it spoke to that a lot particularly in our day and age as as well and what you can only imagine and, and it very much is explored in the film what having the name james bond does to your online experience. And so on a basic level, you can't sign up for Facebook as James Bond. If you if you try and sign up, it actually tells you to make a James Bond fan page. Not that, but it doesn't let you know his name. So every James Bond on Facebook is called Bond James or JB Bond, or, or they have to use their middle name. So even in that, they have to take on a, a false identity uh, to do that. And of course, they can't get the, their email address. And significantly in the film, you cannot be Googled because of this you know and so on those levels as well there is this kind of real online identity problem that comes up and which very much you know the the beating heart of this film is something of a thriller underneath all the comedy and and that online part is kind of the driving force of that i'll stop there but yes
0: yeah and you know what it's funny because as you were talking it dawned on me the only safety net for all of these people named james bond is that they will probably never deal with identity theft and because like you said you go online you type in the name james bond and you just you're just going to get the history of every film you're going to see ian fleming the list goes on and on but to me having that name i wouldn't want to have the first name james and even when people ask me Well, is your first name James? And I said, no, but I taught him everything he knows. So that's what I always say back and always make a a lighthearted joke out of it. But I would never want to be named James Bond. I'll stick with Ward Bond.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, the thing is, though, Doctor, is what what happens is if you and you you and your family will know this, and that's why it's so cool to actually speak to you, because mostly I speak to guys called James Bond, but you're in a unique part of it. And... If you're the Bond family and you have a son or are having a son, this is gonna come up at some point. Someone is, is gonna to say to your parents or, or, or to you, have you thought about James? And I think our film deals with the 0.05 to 1% of those who decide to do it. And funnily enough, when you were speaking about your wife's grandfather or father, I think it was, who had the name James, I didn't find, even though I expected to, when people come across this film, they think that it's about stupid like, like stupid social media celebrities who've decided to call their son, James Bond, as a joke. I didn't come across one who had done that. It was in two categories. It was, it was either they were named in the sixties and in the sixties, even the seventies, they said, well, how long can these films go on for? You know, sequel was quite a new concept at the time and and sure you might have a film that had two or three sequels but but they were almost half they were halfway through the books by the end of the 60s no one thought it would go this long so there was that or when it happens today it does tend to be as you said because their father was a james bond or their grandfather was a name james bond and so they do actually want to hand down a family name even though that that comes with consequences um and yeah, there is a third category in the film i can't really talk about which which is another reason to name it someone james bond um, right
0: but, yeah because it's funny because in your film we see i'm not gonna say characters because these are real live real life people named james bond you yes. have a swedish 007 super fan with a nazi past you have yes. a gay New York theater director. You have an African American who was accused of murder. And then there's The Woman, which I found to be the most intriguing story of your film. So you had this wide range. I mean, how many people did you come across named James Bond that you had to whittle down to a few for the film?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say when it comes to the woman, I'm going to have to leave that there because we, we like to keep that in the spoiler section of, of, of this film. Um, but yeah, we w- what we wanted in, in this film was especially to go with people who were the opposite of our conception of James Bond. You know what I mean? I mean today today you're, you're dressed as our conception of James Bond, but our, what we wanted in the film to create the most drama if you will was people who were different to that and you see it you know right now they're they're picking a new james bond and the media loves to go nuts with speculation about this and i personally find especially the kind of more conservative media kind of loves to troll their audience with these stories about how the next james bond is going to be black or the next james bond is going to be gay or the next james bond is going to be a woman and of course the producers of the james bond films have never said this but but, they let, but but what they're doing in that is trying to spark debate about what James Bond is, what James Bond isn't, and what James Bond can and can't be. And I think that very much relates to society's view of kind of what a man is and isn't, which James Bond kind of represents. And so, yeah, definitely, specifically here in America, uh, we follow here, actually here in New York where I am, we follow a homosexual, James Bond. Uh, and of course, he has to deal... With sharing a name with the world's most famous womanizer. And of course, when people find out he's gay, their jokes about James Bond obviously combine you know, you know, with that to say, you know, oh, I thought I thought James Bond was a ladies' man and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and then in Indiana, um, yeah, we actually found an African-American, James Bond, um, who very much says in the film that you know he has the widest name.
0: Well, you know uh, what stunned oh. me though? You know and and he he brought up a point and i don't know if a lot of people will catch this point but with the african-american named james bond when he said i got pulled over by the cops it's like a double whammy first he's african-american second like you said he's got the whitest name can be and he's like the moment i open my mouth they're gonna think that i'm smarting off and i'm like this guy can't win (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, and, and it is in this film. So I mean, what was it one of the reviews we had for this actually put it really well because I'm not American, so I'm not so familiar with certain things. But they said, you know, you know, if you think driving while black is a problem, imagine driving while black as James Bond. And this film kind of really deals with this. And actually, you know, we to get a, a slightly on the more serious side, we actually shot him before, you know, George Floyd and some of those recent kind of things in your country. Um, And weirdly, now the film is coming out. It it does, through this crazy lens of men named James Bond, slightly speak to that topic. And you know the interesting thing with him in the film is we, we have a sequence where we follow, as you just said, when your name is James Bond and you have encounters with the police, if you don't have your ID with you, you will get detained in some way because they think that you will be messing with them. And we follow a bunch of guys around the world, not just in America, but around the world, who all told me the exact same story beat for beat, as in the police pulled me over. I went, oh shit, I don't have my ID on me. This is gonna be a problem. What's your name, sir? "Ah, uh, My name is James Bond. And then the police officers think they're messing with them. What was interesting, however, is that obviously for most of them afterwards, the police or the you know authorities had a bit of a laugh and said, oh, wasn't this a funny, funny incident for the African-American bond. He ended up being put in prison for 60 days for this incident, because the judge said that he was antagonizing the police officer in the way he was saying. it. And of course, look, maybe James did actually get quite riled up when the police officer didn't believe his name was James Bond, but I couldn't believe that he ended up in prison for, for 60 days for this and I think that does speak slightly to. Uh, it's an isolated example, but I think you know in this country there there is a perception that you know a lot of African Americans are are placed in the prison system, uh, maybe a little too frequently. And I think in in that case, I think it's it's it, it's pretty jaw dropping, actually.
0: Well, with all of the people that you interviewed for this film, do they ever? Feel that they don't have a true identity because they share a name with the most one of the most famous characters in film?
1: Well, here's the thing: it's a catch-22. So, yes, you don't have an identity in the sense that your whoever you are gets so buried by the James Bond thing, and everyone you meet goes straight to the James Bond thing. And so it's like it's like the true version of themselves often never really has a chance to even kind of come out in in the first place. And so, but then of course, their identity is so formed by being called James Bond that at the same time, they wouldn't know who they were without this James Bond identity that gets put upon them. And so, you know, when I asked a lot of them, why not just change your name? None of them are really considering that there is one that does, but for most of them, that they're like, no, 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 that's not a thing. And that's because I think this Bond name has made them so much of who they are. Um, you know, but then it's really hard, especially for, you know, the New York James Bond thing here. He's like, everyone then pigeonholes me as the gay James Bond. And, and he's like, so I can't even be me. I, I then get get put as that. And for the African-American James Bond, everyone's like, oh, it's the black James Bond. And and, and then he's like, but it's a catch 22 because if they, they wouldn't know who they were without it, this name has very much formed who they are as a person. Um, and as we were saying, you know, before these films will never end, you know, and they know this will go forever. And so these guys are kind of stuck in this very unique position, you know, which obviously as a filmmaker is amazing to explore. Um, but it is a, a very special place to exist in this world yeah
0: well where did you find the gentleman in sweden i uh, when i was watching your film with him especially i kept thinking does he know that he's not james bond because he literally just lives the life as if he was
1: yeah so did you find that
0: i mean did you find it interesting or and
1: very uh maybe strange in a way i i think all of the characters in this film um they're all meant to be a little bit ambiguous you know what i mean like so the new york james bond all he tells us is how much he hates it but as an audience we go we think you actually love hating it did you know what i mean and so with with the swedish bond yeah he's very ambiguous and you know for your viewers he he's you know the the son of 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 a nazi uh who who disappeared after the second world war And he needed a father figure to replace his missing father. And oddly, he found that in Ian Fleming's James Bond books and then the James Bond films. And he grew to kind of see James Bond and Fleming as kind of a substitute father figure. And so he spent his entire life slowly turning himself into James Bond to a point where today, you know, he lives in this tiny, isolated, snowy town in Sweden. And he drives around town in his Aston Martin, dressed as James Bond, you know, and drinks Bollinger champagne, all that kind of thing. And the icing on the cake and what gets him into this film was he changed his name to James Bond in the year 2007, because that was two zero zero seven. And so he saw himself like the second double 007 being in his head. It makes sense. Um, and yeah, I, I, when I first went to meet him, I thought I was going to meet a crazy person and I went and I actually stayed with him. He said, come to my house. Stay with me. And I was like, all right, this is the filmmaking journey. And I was like, I'm going to stay with a crazy person. Actually, I think he has gone so far down the road that it starts to make sense, actually. And I get it. He says something in the film where he says, the great thing about being James Bond is you get to do so many things that normal people don't get to do. And he has lived an amazing life he would just be some normal guy in a town in nebro sweden and instead he travels the world as james bond he, he does a lot of like tv shows and media appearances as james bond he he's in this film you know as james bond and if you ask his girlfriend who, who's not in the film she loves it because she she joins him on all of these luxury holidays and she loves driving around in the aston martin you know, and all that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I grew to eventually see him as, you know, how you have those crazy people, but they actually have a degree of really clear-eyed sanity. You know, he sees the world differently to how we see it, but maybe he's got it right. Uh, I, yeah, what did you think? I thought,
0: you know, as I was watching the film, at first I'm thinking, this guy's mental, yeah. but yeah. then as it went on, and then the, the whole story unfolds, I'm like, okay, I get it. No harm, no foul. The guy lives his life, he's having fun. Go for it. Yeah, you know, yeah. even for me, I mean, walking, you know, uh, Hollywood's uh, Walk of Fame. Yep. I found I found my namesake, Ward Bond. I found the actor's star right there yep. in front of Man's Chinese Theater. So, yeah, I know where my star is, you know, and so I play with that. I, even for me, it's funny because probably I think it's been maybe 10 years now. I have a, a custom vanity plate on my vehicle. And at first I'm like, okay, w- w- you know, what am I going to put on it? And then my wife goes, I got the perfect plate for you. And I said, what's that? She goes, just put Dr. 007. So I did. And from this day, when if, if I drive up somewhere and people look down and see the license plate, then they look up at me and then they smile or they laugh. But but it always brings joy because when they look at it, then they get it instantly. Because they see the DR, then they see the 007. And it worked out great. So, and it's well, really it, fun.
1: Th- that's absolutely great. And weirdly enough, in the film, wh- one of our bonds actually complains about how they can never get the e- the email address because it's already or- it's already taken. And 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 I ask him like, oh, whoever got James bond at Gmail must be really special. And he goes, yeah, and his name's probably bloody Tom. You know, it's probably some other person. And so, you know, weirdly enough, in the film, we actually have a Doctor James Bond. Um, you know, and if he lived in the same state as you and tried to get that number plate, some other guy's already, <laughs> some other guy has already taken it.
0: Yeah. And I've never, and I've never given it up. And I know that I've had it for 10, maybe a couple of years past that now with yes. that plate. And if I ever get in, whenever I, I decide to get a new vehicle, that plate will be transferred over. So I'm not going to give it up anytime You're soon. Not. But You're no, sure. I understand the whole thing about domain names. Yeah. I mean, I actually own. WardBond.com. And I've had it for a long time. So I can understand with those named James Bond, the email addresses, domain names, getting a social media handle on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok is going to be virtually impossible. Even my handle on TikTok is Dr. 007.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With the DR, you know, so. quick experiment, Dr. Bond, just because we're online. here, I want to see what happens when I type in Dr. Bond on Google. Um, yeah, yeah. What comes out actually, weirdly enough, I actually get a lot of Dr. Bonds out there. There's a lot of them. There are a lot of them out there. That's weird. It's almost like Google kind of knows. I kind of thought I would get a lot of articles on like Dr. No. (laughs) <laughs> the, the James Bond film. But, but yeah, there are a lot of doctors out there and we have a Dr. Bond in the film. And he actually, a Dr. James Bond, uh, you know, one who's kind of all the way with it. And, and it was really, it's not actually so much in the film because the film didn't really go there. But he spoke a lot about how his, pa- he's like a cancer surgeon. And he was doing a lot about how his patients take a lot of solace in this, you know, and because obviously when you're going in for surgery or you're facing a, a you know, a life threatening disease, it's a very scary time. And he finds that actually the James Bond, you know, they get a certain amount of solace in the fact that Dr. James Bond is going to be operating on them and kind of helping them. And he sees it as a real advantage that, it, you know, even if it does give them that extra 5% comfort um yeah that 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 it's quite a good thing um and yeah he did i wouldn't say he trades on it but he sees the, the 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 benefit of it in in that area
0: and i i can see that because think of the the patient's uh idea or the point of view um i'm in good hands with james bond so i can see where there would be a little bit of peace and confidence uh with a great outcome so I, yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Now there was something in the film that I actually learned that I did not know. Okay. How did you find and construct the never-before-seen archival sequences of the original James Bond, the bird watcher, whose name Ian Fleming actually stole the name for 007?
1: Yes. Yeah, so a lot of people know the start of this story, which is that when Ian Fleming was naming James james bond the character he didn't have the name yet he knew it was going to be a british secret service agent and he what he said was you know a lot of those noir detective heroes of the 50s would call things like bulldog drummond or peregrine carruthers and he was like this guy is supposed to be this very anonymous secret agent so uh, ironically obviously now the name is so popular but he wanted a really flat quiet name and because he was in jamaica he had a book called Birds of the West Indies, which is like the the guide to like, what bird is that? It's that book that if you own a Jamaican villa, you probably have. And it was by the American ornithologist, James Bond. And he went, that sounds like a really flat, quiet name. And so he, as he says, stole it and used it. And weirdly, actually, I found a lot of the media gets this wrong and calls the ornithologist Dr. James Bond. So they assume an ornithologist is a doctor, which they're not. But anyway, we'll move on from that. But... What happened was that was fine. So at that point, every James Bond in the world just kind of went, oh, there's a book with my name. But what happened was Fleming then went on television and did an interview. And they said, where did the name come from? And he told this story on national television. And of course the ornithologist James Bond and his wife saw this and were just gobsmacked that this man on the TV was actually saying his name had been stolen. But of course what happened was, and they're the first ones in our film to get caught up in the many media storms that exist in this film. They got caught up in the media storm in the 60s where of course their phone starts ringing with people interviewing the real James Bond. And he went from being this quite famous ornithologist to being the guy whose name was stolen to name James Bond, to become the real James Bond, and so what happened was, we wanted to tell their story for the first time, and it was very hard to do because they are both deceased. Um, they they didn't give. I, I was like, surely Philadelphia local TV did a five minute puff piece on them in the seventies or something, and none of it existed, um, which was quite frustrating. And they didn't have any children, so I couldn't even interview like a daughter to you know what I mean to tell their parents' story. It turned out that actually back in the 60s, his wife had given a few radio interviews about this. And thankfully the interviewers in the 60s were asking her exactly the same questions that I would would ask. And so it took a long time, but we managed to track down two five minute long interviews. So even though they were short, they were answering exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, And then we actually did find an hour-long interview with the ornithologist himself. The problem is he was an incredibly boring man who just droned on about birds for an hour. So we have a brief intro from him saying, my name's James Bond, and I'm an ornithologist. But then he just spoke about birds for an hour. But what his wife did is she really took on the case. And she ended up writing to Ian Fleming uh, saying, uh, you know, she said, sooner or later, we'll catch up with you. Uh, and, and that, you know, yeah, she was like, you know, I tell my husband, he could sue you for defamation, yada, yada. And Fleming actually wrote back to them and being the kind of, you know, dry English humor man he was, he said, please tell your husband that he can use the name Ian Fleming if he wants to name a particularly horrible species of bird, which of course got her end up. So what they actually did was they dropped in by surprise, on him in Jamaica. And again, it was a lot of work, but actually there was about 10 seconds of 16mm film of the meeting of Fleming and James Bond. So long story short is we managed to find these very short pieces of archive, and then we used reenactments, um, which star um, the late Gregory Itzen, who was President Logan on 24, um, starring my namesake, Jack Bauer. Um, And... We managed. We did a reenactment with them, overlaid with her original kind of audio uh, and that footage, and so it does kind of on screen finally actually tell the story of yes, the original James Bond.
0: It it is, and it's a fascinating story, and I love the fact that you were able to get that old footage, bring it, and well, give it new life, and it really, it was really the cement to this whole documentary that you put together. I mean, because you could have just interviewed 20 different James Bonds out there and got their take on what it was like having the name, but to bring in that Ian Fleming footage with the original man named James Bond, where he got the name from the bird book, it just made it so fascinating.
1: And I love the film. Yeah, they're, they're the first. So they're the first people who are obviously, actually, they weren't the first in the sense that when he named the character, there were thousands of men around the world named James Bond. And we have one in the film who's, who's like 98 years old now. And he just kind of says, you know, oh God, I didn't care about these stupid films anyway. Um, but yeah, we wanted to have the original in there. And what's fun in the footage when you see it is actually the look on Fleming's face and I was so glad that that was captured, because actually, of course, it's really the wife, in a way, who was the driving force. And you can see in the footage, the wife really kind of speaking with Fleming about this. And Fleming's kind of looking to the side, kind of rolling his eyes like, oh, God, it wasn't so much he had to deal with James Bond. He had to deal with James Bond's wife. <laughs> yeah. He had to think. And you can see that look on his face, and that's kind of my favorite part of it.
0: But what was funny was you brought up that very point at the beginning of this where both the husband and the wife were like, this will blow over. Yep. It, it, the, the fame won't last long. And yep. not knowing that this was going to be technically film the film industry's first big franchise. And... Yep. 70 years later it's still going strong
1: yeah and i mean it's not in the film but we found a lot of her original writings and journals and she has this great piece of writing which i loved which was from later than the period we cover in the film and what she's noticing she's saying there now seems to be james bond towels james bond toiletries james bond toy cars And what she's noticing is the first ever, like, merchandising tie-ins. And people always think Star Wars created this. It didn't. It was James Bond that created, you know, the clones and all of that kind of thing. And what she's noticing in those writings is the beginning of the James Bond phenomena. You know, this whole thing of James Bond that isn't just the movies. It's cars, products, all of that sort of thing. And that's that primarily is actually what my character's deal with today the, the the content of the films themselves is somewhat irrelevant um, it's the phenomena they have to deal with um, and yeah and look that he lived with it the rest of his life he was alive until 1989 um, so he had another let, let's up uh, they found this out in 1960 and he was already 55 or something years old at, at this point but he had another 39 years to, to live with this, you know, and it, and it didn't end. And the weird thing is, some pointed this out the other day, is it's an accident. But when, he, when Fleming shows the name James Bond, he chose an ageless name. And he wasn't thinking about that at the time. But if, if James Bond was called Peregrine Carruthers, you couldn't have that character today existing in films. You could have things like, there was just a Philip Marlowe film that, that came out. And that takes place as a period Piece in the 1950s, but you couldn't have it going so long with one of those names. And so, yeah, James Bond, because it is so flat a- a- as a name, the-, the-, the name can go on forever as well, if that makes sense. It
0: does, it does. And this, your film has some surprising developments in the characters in the back half of the film, but we're not going to give out any spoilers because I want all of my viewers and listeners out there to see this film, The Other Fellow, what can you say about the film's final act?
1: What what I can say about the film's final act is, yeah, it's it, it's hard to say that this is a film that has spoilers, but actually, it kind of does. There are some real, genuine surprises, and and I, I mean, my outside the bond films, my favorite kind of films are, you, you know, kind of twisty '90s thrillers. You know, I was I was raised on The Usual Suspects, um, and, and those kind of things, and actually, a lot of documentaries do have like. Uh, often like a midpoint twist to them. Um, You know, a film like kind of Searching for Sugar Man or The Imposter are those films where there is a real kind of shift where suddenly the entire film kind of flips around. Um, And this film kind of does at about its midway point. Um, And I would say for this, you couldn't do an entire film about guys called James Bond just complaining about the name. There obviously has to be something more to this. And I think there is a lot more to this film. But I think for us, it was about, this is not a relaxed film. We didn't wanna do one of those like kind of Star Trek documentaries about Star Trek fans that's like filmed at like Comic-Con and everyone is sitting back and having a jolly, right? We wanted what you call active characters because this, this thing is put upon these men. And so they could all be very passive and they could all just sit there and go, oh, I have to deal with this problem but instead we wanted you know, the story of the son of a Nazi turning himself into James Bond. And you know, a, a guy in New York who is, who is doing t- a TV commercial as a real James Bond, and then obviously a guy on the run and then on trial for murder. Um, and then in the back half of the film, let's just say someone who is dealing with a stalker. Um, and that that's- That's stalk- actually,
0: to me, that's the best part
1: it, it is of the it of is. the
0: film. and, and it, ladies and gentlemen, we're not gonna we're not gonna get tell you what happens. You have to watch it to find out. because what I found very interesting, Matthew was here you filmed a documentary, but you brought in that sense of suspense, a little bit of the thriller of of watching a fictional film but what you're showing is real life. And I like the way that you played it out towards the end because it kept people like me sitting there and watching, waiting to see what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. this film kind of gets you in with comedy and then suddenly it turns deadly, deadly serious. (laughs) Uh, And... You, you know, there, there is, wh- how do I say this? There's a point in the film where it feels the film goes completely off track, like like completely <laughs> off track. And that for us was, and you know, anyone who's seen who's watched this will get what I'm saying is that what, what me and my editor tried to do is what I would call very well managed confusion. We wanted, we are, we are during that sequence, we are managing every thought that's going through your head, and you think you're having the wrong thought but you're having the thoughts we want you to hear. And that is that you're watching one story unfold on screen. And then at the same time, your mind is trying to figure out how on earth it is going to connect back to the main narrative of a film about men named James Bond. And of course, when it does connect back, you realize that it is the most relevant story you've had in the entire film. But in order for that final kind of twist to work, we had to take you down this route where you're kind of in the wasteland as the viewer for, for a while there. Um, and yeah, what I, was
0: it, but the tie in the, the tie in was brilliant because as I watched it yeah. and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, we are not going to give this away. I'm not even going to tell you which, which person it is in yes. this film, but, Because Ian Fleming said, I needed a flat name. Yes. That is the only hint you're going to get towards the end of this. And that's what was so interesting. You tied it together.
1: Yeah. I mean, when we found that story, we realized it would tie the entire film together. Because what that story is, is it's an inversion of every other story. And it's, in a way, if in the first half of the film, we establish that this force field of of the james bond phenomena is a somewhat dark side of the force we managed to find a character who almost took the force and used it for good uh instead but had to go to hell and back in in order to 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 get there um but yeah it's a pretty we've had crowds cheering in the theater when the thing that happens happens. And, and that's what I was hoping for. And actually weirdly what we found is we started on the film festival circuit. And of course, crowds are a bit more reserved in those areas, but we played the film in Alameda, which is next to Oakland in California the other night. And, and it was just a more like regular crowd. And they were just going like, yeah, and it was great because that's kind of what that kind of moment is meant to sort of elicit. Um, um, and yes, if anyone's seen the film, come back and you'll kind of see what we're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah a bit,
0: and oh wow, ladies and gentlemen, the other fellow by Matthew Bauer, what a film! And you know, you ha- and for some of you out there, many of you, well, you don't carry the name James Bond, but you may carry a name of someone famous, and you have your own stories, so you're going to relate t- to this film, Matthew. Who is your favorite actor who has played James Bond?
1: Yeah, and and I'll say on that, just on on what you said there, we've found that actually we can't believe the connections people find to this film. We have had so many people with funny names that, that aren't James Bond, and they say, oh, my God, you finally made a film about this. Um, yeah but look my favorite James Bond is Roger Moore um just because really? he was my first. he was my first. I think your first is always your favorite because that's the one that got you into James Bond. Um, yeah so Roger Moore is my favorite but look I, I have a soft spot for most of them I love Timothy Dalton I think he's great. I, th- I think we're all growing to reappreciate Brosnan these days um, as well um, but yeah but Roger Moore he'll always just be my.
0: Yeah, see, what? I was introduced through Roger Moore. And when Piers Bronson was named James Bond, I'm like, "Yeah, they picked the perfect guy." The only problem was the storyline sucked. They were yep. too cartoonish. Where they where they they took Roger Moore and all of his toys and they went overboard with Piers Bronson. And and I think that was a problem because I would have taken Piers and made him more on a serious tone, like they did with Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig and his, and the storylines that they produced there to me, except for the last film were phenomenal. And across the board, I think Daniel, to me, Daniel was the best across the board, but yeah, uh, most of today's generation will say Roger Moore.
1: Yeah, I think I mean I think a lot of us, you know, you know, the generation kind of before grew up on Sean Connery, you know. But I think people often see Roger Moore as like the kind of joke Bond or something. But certainly not in England because he's the only until Daniel Craig he was the only actual English James Bond, and in England he's a real kind of national treasure. And he did more Bond films than any of the other Bonds uh, kind of did, and in his films are kind of. they're kind of in better films in some ways. They're very consistent, the Roger Moore Bond films, and they certainly bring like a level of like action to them, which kind of wasn't so much there in the sixties. And yeah, I I love the Roger Moore Bond. I also just love Roger Moore. He's just, he's that guy who really is, you know, and I think Connery was quite the same, you know, Connery and Moore they were slightly playing themselves in a way on screen, but Roger Moore in particular, if I would criticize his portrayal of James Bond is you are kind of watching Roger Moore the whole time. It's not so like that's James Bond. It is slightly more like, ah, oh, I love that Roger Moore. <laughs>
0: like- yeah. Well, that's true. That's, that's a, that is very true. And I kind of always felt sorry for Timothy Dalton because. Hollywood, I think, rushed the changeover. There there should have been a much longer period of time between Roger Moore and then going to Timothy Dalton. I think they made the films too close together. So the the public never really gravitated to Timothy Dalton. And then when Pierce came in, it was like a sigh of relief. Uh, But then when Daniel Craig got named, sure, there was a minor question mark, but yep. once the first film, Casino Royale, aired, everybody's just like, okay, they hit a home run, they picked the right guy. Who do you think should be the next James Bond?
1: I, I, I always answer this question in, in a way that I think is it should be the correct answer. And that is the next James Bond should be whoever uh, the producers of the new James Bond film choose <laughs> to be the new James Bond. I mean, there is so much, I mean, I find it amazing. The speculation that goes on on this topic. I mean, it, it's so the subject of this film is that the world is obsessed with James Bond and the speculation that goes on. It's a sort of, in the UK, you can bet on this. They've like odds. And then there'll be news articles saying the odds on the new James Bond have changed. You know, like it's an election.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, well, see, when when I, I found out that Daniel Craig wasn't gonna do it anymore, and yes. then all of the clickbait speculation yeah. started The only one that I agree with, even today, is Idris Elba. He's British. Yeah. He's suave. He's masculine. He, He can pull it off with ease. And I think the general public would accept it very readily because he's extremely likable. And in this day and age, you better be extremely likable or if you're not the fans will troll the movie industry and the movie studio until they change who the actor is and that and that i think the next move is going to be vitally important but my i'm i'm putting my chips in on idris elba because to me he's the only choice at this time
1: i will say doctor the one thing you're missing though is is actually again the subject of this film is that it's the longevity part that causes a problem for Idris Elba because what you're actually casting is someone who's not gonna be 60 in 15 years time it is, is is the sort of biggest consideration. And I think the problem with Idris, even though people were saying that 10 years ago, I think now that he's about 45 years old, he'd be a good bond now at, at this point, but they obviously want someone who's gonna play the character for 15 years. And so I think that's often the consideration that, that kind of goes on uh, with this kind of thing. And I think, you know, I don't think James Bond should ever be a 22 year old, but I think they're often thinking that. And so I think that's what a lot of people miss, I think sometimes is actually their age c- kind of is quite a big factor. So, I mean, Brosnan was 42, when he became born and he was actually so in golden eye I actually think that's a perfect film it was the later ones that went a bit off the rails but I think the problem Brosnan only did four films but part of that is he kind of couldn't have done seven because he kind of started a bit late and would have aged out Connery was 32 when he started everyone thinks Daniel Craig was the young James Bond Connery was 32 when he started. So he had about the right time. People always miss as well. Roger Moore was actually older than Sean Connery the whole time. So even when Roger Moore started, he was older than Connery was at that point. But that caused a problem when you get to a view to a kill when I think Roger Moore was like 59. And so again, is that's what I'm saying is that that's, I think often actually a big factor. Yeah, in, in this choice.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. And right now, you know, who knows? They may go with an unknown. Look, and, uh, but w- we'll see what happens. But I, I have to say this because I thought it was really funny when you had the the one gentleman, the theater director, uh, the gay James Bond. And I always thought it was funny because when, uh, when people find out what his name is and then they say, wow, you must really be a ladies' man, I kind of laughed because if I was him, my comeback would always be, no,
1: I'm a man's man. No, I'm a man's man. I'm going to tell him that one. I actually, that one's quite good.
0: Because I'm like, then it it confuses the person that asked the question because they're like, okay, yeah, James Bond's masculine, but then they don't understand the inside joke that he's yeah. actually implying.
1: Yeah, no, and and look, weird things always come up with this. When you talk about the Daniel Craig thing, so he'd been James Bond a while and had kind of always dealt with the James Bond thing, but he's also blonde. And if you remember when they cast Daniel Craig, the big thing was James Bond is blonde. How can James Bond be? Again, you know, the society has these ideas. You know, what I mean, James Bond can't be, and it was all like blonde James, blonde, and all that kind of thing. And so suddenly. He then has to deal with everyone coming up, telling him, oh, the new James Bond is blonde like you are. And he's like, I don't care. Why are you, why are you telling me this? But he would then also get a lot of these Daniel Craig comparisons. And so I asked him in the film, you know, are you going for the Daniel Craig look? And he says, no, he has a six pack and I have a keg. But then I did point out to him, I said to him, you know, you guys are actually the same age. And he took a second. He's like, what? Well, whatever, and actually they are actually the, the, the same age, you know, but but they, they don't, how do I put it? They don't look the same age, you know, cause he doesn't have a six hour a day training <laughs> regime. But yeah, the hair color thing brought up a whole lot of new comparison problems for him. Um Yeah, and as he says, like, he's like, I just wanna go buy my milk. <laughs> you know, another one says, I just wanted to have my credit card problem fixed. I didn't yeah. need this, You know, and, and I get it As on a day-to-day basis, there are times when it would be fun. If I, you know, when you're in the middle of a bit of a stressful day and you don't have time for people's shit, <laughs> that's the problem. And so, you know, the, one of them tells the story about when he's hit on the phone to the credit card company trying to get a credit card problem fixed. And that's always a stressful moment. You're never happy on that phone call. And so then when you have to deal, he's like, when I then have to deal with the person in the Indian call center, making James Bond jokes at me when I'm trying to get my credit card problem fixed, it's those moments where, yes, you, you come close to snapping.
0: Yeah. The, the only time that anybody ever brings up to me is if I'm in a restaurant, you put your credit card down and then they see the last name. That's really, for me, is the only time it comes up unless I meet somebody that is older than I am and remembers all the black and white Westerns with John Wayne and Ward Bond in them, then uh, I kind of laugh. And then if they bring up Ward Bond, I just look at them and go, now I know how old you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And actually a lot of my bonds have, have this problem, which is they show up to a restaurant reservation and it's not there. And it's because the person who took the reservation over the phone thought it was someone doing a prank call. You know I mean, they thought it was someone calling up going, I'd like to reserve a table for James Bond. And they think it's a prank. And so, so they show up and they're like, oh, so sorry, we thought this was a joke. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it causes a lot of those kind of problems, you know what I mean? And people not believing it, you, you know? And so I, th- I think, yeah, I, 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 I think you're lucky you're Ward, not James.
0: Yeah, I I do. And ladies and gentlemen, well, first of all, Matthew, where can everybody see the film The Other Fellow?
1: So the film is currently uh, playing in cinemas here in New York. Um, Are you you in Los Angeles, Dr. Bond?
0: Uh, No, I'm in North Side of Houston, Texas.
1: North Side of Houston, Texas. Okay. Um, uh, Yes, so it is. Yes, it is going to be playing in Los Angeles uh, soon and some other cities around America. But if you want to watch the film today, Uh, It is available on demand. So it is available on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Roku, Voodoo, YouTube. Um, If you just search for The Other Fellow on those services, it should come up. Um, Or if you go to our website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they are all, you know, theotherfellow.com, Instagram, slash The Other Fellow, Facebook, slash The Other Fellow, and the links to watch it um, are there. Um, Yeah, so yeah, you can watch it now all right ladies and gentlemen
0: there you have it and we all know that we're all into streaming so you can watch the other fellow right now and you i can promise you from start to finish you're gonna love this documentary but don't just think of it as a documentary there is some twist there are some turns there is a little bit of suspense just like a james bond film you will enjoy the most incredible ride ever matthew what is next for you
1: my next film uh, is a film called Ethanol, uh, which is about the world's biggest drug problem. Um, I'll, let, I'll let your audience figure out where that goes. Um, but yes, yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping into, into that one. I'm looking forward to a film where I'm not having to wrangle the stories of 10 James Bonds together into a perfect comedic suspense thriller, <laughs> to be honest. Um yes yes I I've, I've spent a lot of time in the company of Bond so it's going to be nice to uh ni- nice to be doing something a bit different
0: Well fantastic well thank you Matthew for your time today and I thoroughly enjoyed the talk of your film the other fellow and about all of the
1: different James Bonds Absolutely absolutely nice nice to meet another Bond Uh to, can I ask just quick before we wrap up do you sure. have a James do you have a James in your family no, not with the last name Bond. Okay, okay, and and so do you? And you you haven't named your your children James Bond? You haven't gone down that. No,
0: my my wife wanted to at least use the name James as the middle name for our son, and I went, nope, I won't even allow that.
1: Yeah, well, well who knows, maybe your great grandson will be a James Bond and, and these films will still be going with some actor we don't even know who it is. Um it might be might be in the Bond family future. We'll see.
0: very, very, very much so. My my father was named Howard and all they did was take the HO off, named me Ward, and then yep. of all things, since the actor Ward Bond was famous in the John Wayne movies, yes. Wagon Train, It's a Wonderful Life. As for me, I ended up in television. So who knew? So, yeah,
1: uh, it, maybe it, maybe it helps. You never know with these things. You, sometimes a recognizable name is helpful, I think. It is helpful,
0: and I don't mind my name at all. And again, Matthew, thank you so much for being on the program. And ladies and gentlemen, check out The Other Fellow. Coming to a theater near you as well. Available on-demand streaming right now. Apple TV, you name it, it's there. Look it up, The Other Fellow watch it this evening you're gonna love it promise i mean i can promise you you will love it so as for me bond ward bond i'll see you next time